money. It comes with a lot of questions, and Fidelity can help you get answers. Visit fidelity.com slash blackwealth to learn more. Yes, sir, Ski. Yep, 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 yep. We're back. We are back. Back together. That's back-to-back weeks. Maximum boys, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, band, the band's back together. Yes. Hopefully, I won't have to leave midway through this time. Oh, you're back fully healthy. I'm feeling better. Yeah, sure. fully healthy. Thank you, everybody, for your well wishes and your concerns. I'm back. We are in Miami. Yes. When in Miami, do Miami things. Yes. So you see the vibe. <sighs> Shout out to everybody that has been showing us a ton of hospitality out here. My brother. Terrence J, yes, the yeah. ambassador of Miami. All right, all right. Market Mondays, back. Let's get this going. We got a lot to talk about. Um, the market is open, and Club Live is open. Still, <laughs> still open. Still open. It might we, still be open. We were in there last night. Thriving economy. Uh, yes. We were doing our journalistic duties. Yes. Love it. And it yes. still might be open today. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so there's a lot to talk about. But before, I just wanted to use some housekeeping items. Shout out to the city of Philadelphia. We will be there this Wednesday yes. for the high level conversation tour. Yes. Um, shout out to 19 Keys. We will be there Wednesday. Cats out the bag. Uh, so we don't really do too much stuff in Philly. So if you're in Philadelphia, pull up, pull up, Delaware, Southern Jersey, pull up, get a yeah. ticket. Um, link in his bio. It has all the information. Shout out to 19 yeah. Keys. Congrats, congrats to him on an incredible opening night at the Apollo. Shut down the city. We had I had some friends with it. I didn't even know they was going, and then I saw them in the stories too, yeah. that they pulled up. So shout out to the, to them and shout out to Keys, man. He put on a phenomenal show here. Absolutely. And sure. Happy belated birthday once again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah keep sure. celebrating. Keep living, my brother. Right. Until yeah. further notice, we going one way up. For sure, yes. for sure. Um, I'm sure you saw that leopard. Don't act like you ain't see that leopard last night. Let <laughs> me talk about that. Who you feeling like when you wore the leopard? Let's <laughs> 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 talk about it. What was I feeling like? Indiana Jones. I love it. Indiana Jones. Temple of Prosperity. Yeah, the <laughs> Temple of Prosperity. That is a fact. Oh, man. That is a fact. Um, so, big week for us. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're just going to skip over the whole city of Louisville? We got we to gotta shout out the whole city oh, of Louisville. Yeah. I was going to shout, shout out Louisville. Shout out, yeah. to, shout out to Louisville. Come on. Yeah. Shout out to Anthony. Shout out to the whole Derby diversity team. I got AJ. Showed us a lot of love out there. Kentucky Derby. That was a good time. Yes. Um. So, yeah, man. Shout out to Louisville. We definitely out there. were at the Derby. First and, time. It was, and, it was an experience. Uh, yeah. It was an experience. I, dripped accordingly. That's a fact, man. The colors were just phenomenal. Uh, you know, I, I could I could say Mauve. How are we gonna pronounce this? Mauve. Earn, uh, earn your pastels. Earn your pastels. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Mike B for putting that together, yeah. man. It was just a vision, and he was just like, "Yo, we're going with Mint." I said, "All right, let's do it." Shotty, look. I mean, it was marvelous. Look, you saw Ab out there. Yeah, killing. Ab out there. Killing. Ab He's out there killing, man. Let's let's yeah. not overlook that. He's out here killing. The young boys better keep up. Yeah, he ain't letting up. Ty was out there killing. Ty I was out there yeah. killing. Shout and we won some Shout races, man. man. It was I, I've watched horse racing sparingly. Like my dad, you know, Jamaicans, we watch a cricket, we watch a horse racing. Yeah. So I've watched some races. My dad gave me a ticket. We're not gonna talk about how the ticket performed. That's okay. 
your, your father's entitled to make mistakes. <laughs> but we did win some races. So shout, shout out to everybody. To everybody, races, everybody pulling up on us. You was at there. the Formula One race. Uh, phenomenal. It was great. It was hot, but man, it was good. This is in, in, in light of the, the F1 trip. So a lot of stuff happened. It's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff happened. I'm like, like the EYL team. The the funny part is like a few people from JP Morgan was there. Shout out to them. And then of course I ran across a few people who watched the show. Shout out to you. I appreciate it. So it was dope. Even Xander was like, hey, who was that a fan? I'm like, oh wow. That's <laughs> no, these are people who support the show. So it was great to be there. Great race, but just seeing all the sponsorship money and how much um time and effort it takes into building those cars. And yeah. Is it the thing I think people overlook? is who's at these races yeah right? so like the kentucky derby is the largest sporting event in america i think they had 150,000 people in attendance wow on saturday but f1 was happening preliminaries was saturday and sunday and if you looked right you had jeff bezos pull up. elon pulled up yeah, elon pull up mm. there's a lot of conversations being had and a lot of business being done at these events and Absolutely. i know a lot of times even at the derby it was like it was diversity week so it's good to see us there yeah but this is where people are showing up Absolutely. So we need to be in these spaces. I know it's like, oh, these guys are everywhere. You yeah. have to be. You have to be everywhere. Can't get the deals done in DMs. You you, you have to be there. Got to show up in person. Have to be there. And shout out to y'all on Port Mines. <laughs> shout out to all the women <laughs> who have dudes knocking at the door. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun with that, man. Shout, shout out to Lex funny. and shout out to Dre and man. They, that's that. all people. Um, all right. This week for Earn Your Leisure, we got uh, my guy Abdul from Afro Future. It used to be called Afro Cella the largest music festival on the continent um, in Ghana at the end of the year. It has, I think, like over like 40,000 people that come. Wow. Um, they have headline, like they've had everybody headline, Burner Boy, like all of the big African artists. It's in, uh, like I said, it's in Ghana. And he is actually the head of it. Mm -hmm. So he talked about putting on a festival. What does it take? He talked about, you know, Ghana. He's from Ghana originally but grew up in the bronx mm. and then moved and then was like back and forth to ghana so we talked about you know the whole um economy in in africa specifically ghana opportunities really dope episode yeah um you know bridging the the, the, the gap between us and the continent and of course Market Mondays will be in ghana at the end of yeah, the year yeah. as well so get on the waiting list we'll be announcing dates for that soon get on the waiting list and get your tickets for london Yes. How about that? Mm -hmm. How about you get your tickets to London? Let's do that. Because it'll be a life-changing experience. <laughs> for sure. Shout out to all the good folks in the UK. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is, speaking about festivals, um, yeah, I guess the news broke that Diddy and Jermaine Dupree will be uh, doing Madison Square Garden for <laughs> versus. I don't know if Swiss wanted that to come out or not. I'm sorry, but I shout out to the guy that recorded it on his phone. Yeah. <laughs> but you know where they, you know where both of them will be. What were they that? before that date? They will be at InvestFest, both of them. Well, yes. But they will not be doing musical performances. <laughs> they will be talking about their business catalog. Yes. Jermaine Dupree and diddy um before versus completely different shout out to switch out to tim that's going to be dope on the musical side but invest fest is going to be on the business entrepreneurship side and of course ian dunlap 19 keys mike novogratz uh don peoples the third uh robert f smith yes, yes. uh ray lewis ray lewis angie julia, martinez julia bridgman, julia bridgman. joy but, taylor uh mg the mortgage guy guy <laughs> that's a fact uh the list goes on ladies and gentlemen get your tickets to invest fest we will be announcing more bombs steve harvey how can i forget steve harvey 
How could I forget? The legendary Steve Harvey. Tabidi Stevens will be in the building. It's going to be one of those ones, ladies and gentlemen. He got you breezed over it, but more bombs. I want them to really focus on that. There's more bombs on the way. More bombs on the way. On your head top. So just be Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, no. not Price. Price another, going up. There's another one. Price going up. Yeah, yeah. Another one. Yeah. Another yeah. one. You ready? Get your tickets now. All right, Troy, can we give them a disclaimer? Yeah, you know how this works, man. Do your own research. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It's very important that you do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you hear on our show and wish to rely upon whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise. Please, people, continue to do your research. I've been doing such a great job with it. I've run up to people and they're actually giving me advice on the things that they're doing. I love so it. that helps, right? Because no one knows everything. And the only way to get better is having iron sharper and iron. So I appreciate y'all doing the research and sharing it. I mean, it's great research. Give credit to the person you're founded from. Yes. Please. Respectfully we, speaking. We appreciate that. Ian, any... uh. Red Panda updates? Yes. Uh, Stock Club call will be tonight at 10 p.m. Call will only be 10 minutes. If you're up and making money in the market, please put yes in chat. Let's get to the show. Investing is easy. All you have to do is Investing is easy, but it does have considerable risk. Yes. Yes. So please do your research, ladies and gentlemen. And consult your advisor if you have one. (laughs) Um, Let's get into this. Warren Buffett. Yes. One of the richest people in the world, um, one of the greatest investors ever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, somebody that has been a legend in the game. Berkshire Hathaway mm-hmm. is one of his companies, his signature company that invests in a variety of different companies. Um, and they have their annual shareholders meeting in Omaha, Nebraska. Yes. Oracle be- of Omaha. Because that is where he is from. And I think he still lives there. He does still live there. He um, still has his house. So it's a big thing. These these shareholder meetings are a big thing. And let's talk about, well, all right. So, so let's do this. We're going to talk about the biggest takeaways mm-hmm. and lessons from this week um, shareholder meeting in Berkshire Halfway. Because Berkshire Halfway, I think that that's probably like, the most famous one because they make a big deal out about it about yeah. like you know inviting the shareholders but let's have if we can let's just have a, a conversation about shareholder meetings mm-hmm. in general for publicly traded companies yeah. how that works um because you know some people might not even be fully aware of of that you only don't five i mean being a shareholder means you have ownership inside the company now mm-hmm. to have access to the meetings you have to have, and it depends on the company, you have to have a certain amount of shares. And so yeah. it might be 100 shares. And then you get access to viewing the meetings and then you get access to the reports each quarter, mm-hmm. which tells you, again, and we went over technicals before, but that tells you the fundamentals. So yes. it tells you the earnings, it tells you uh, the revenue projections, it tells you where they came short. Uh, sometimes it has future guides inside of it. So it's like, I guess it would be the report card or the yearbook in a sense, a Absolutely. yearbook of what's happening inside of the company. And so, again, in order to have that, to be invited to it, you have to have a certain amount of shares for the company. So I think Apple might be like 100, Berkshire might be a little bit more. So yeah. that, that's good to know. Like, first, people need to know what a shareholder is. And then and I know some people are like, well, I have three shares. Well, how come I'm not getting invited to the meeting? Because there's a certain there's a minimum that you requirement. have to have in order to get invited. Yeah, and the key point is, like, it also tells you forecasts and what's coming next. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever been on one of Apple's, they've been telling you forever that iPhone sales are not as important. 
wearables, although they did incredibly until this, well until this, until this, yeah, until this quarter, <laughs> wearables is going to be really key. So you get to get an insight on what's coming next. Um, and then also you get to hear people ask some tremendous questions like how I was asked at Buffett's uh, or Berkshire Hathaway's meeting. But if you're sitting in any of these conference calls, there's some bright people there who are asking questions that you may want to know. Mm-hmm. So it's a great place to learn more information about what other people are thinking as well. Yeah, it's a it's a great lesson when we talk about being in the room. So a lot of people, when they go to the shareholders meeting, it's a mm-hmm. big event. Absolutely. Think about who else is in that room. Right. There's people who have invested in the company the same way you've invested in the company. I mean, we're talking about being the greatest investor of modern all day time, of all yeah. times. Right. So like you're in the room with these people who are investing similarly. So there's going to be plenty of business deals that are happening inside there. And it's going to be different ideas like they're asking them about AI. Right? Yes. Charlie Munger at his age, they're still asking about these questions. Mm-hmm. They're asking about Apple. Yeah. Like, why? What's the deal with uh, um, the petroleum company? Like, are you guys going to take it over? So like these are questions that people want to know. The shareholders get to ask the questions and they get to hear them firsthand answer. Them. Yeah, different companies have different requirements as far as the shareholders. Some is like 1%. A few companies, they have, you got to have like 80% ownership. But that's like nobody's really going to that shareholder meeting, right? So, you know, it, it just depends. But the shareholder meetings are good for all those things that you guys just said. But I think the number one thing, especially like Berkshire Halfway, and you could still get in even if you're not a shareholder for Berkshire Halfway. I know a few people that went. Um, but the networking. Yes. So this is something that's extremely important. Once again, going back to any event from Market Mondays to Invest Fest to whatever, like that's probably the biggest takeaway. Cause yeah, you go, you know, they talk about the fundamentals of the company. They talk about, you know, the future. They talk about, you know, their thoughts on different topics. That's great to hear. Um, but you can probably hear that from CNBC or Market Mondays or reading the Wall Street Journal. It's not probably too much more. Um, but what you probably wouldn't get from any of those other outlets that you could get from a shareholders meeting is an in-person experience to yeah. be around thousand people, hundreds of people, mm-hmm. um, that are like-minded that are shareholders in the company. So you got to figure if somebody's going to Omaha, Nebraska, right. Um, for this type of meeting, they're probably already in the top 5% of America, yeah. right? Just to even be in that type of mind frame. Yeah. And then to have the wherewithal and then to have the, you know, so that kind of puts you in a, in a space where your odds, you have to put yourself in positions where your odds are in your favor. Yes. Like the Kentucky Derby, right? Like that's how they look at it. Okay. Has this horse ran before? Who's the trainer? What's the family? What what was his, you know, like breed, breed come from, all these different yeah. things. So, you know, it's never a guarantee that you're going to win, but you put, you put your, the odds in your favor. Yeah. The odds are in your favor, the rooms that you're in, yeah. right? And it's like, okay, you're going to have a better chance of meeting somebody if you're in that type of environment, yeah. as opposed to meeting somebody if you just randomly walking down the street, you know? So that to me, I think is extremely important. So just want to kind of give a quick overview on that for people that may not be familiar with shareholder meetings and why they are important. So now that we got that out the way, so what are five biggest lessons to learn from Berkshire Hathaway's meeting this weekend? Uh, For me, after I checked it out, number one, investing is really easy. It's interesting to see that no matter how much the world has changed, their philosophy has not. So it brought me back to the point of like sticking with the plan for a 10, 50 year period. Even at some point, someone asked him like, what's their hundred year vision Mm -hmm. for Berkshire from today? Mm -hmm. Number two, cash is not trash. They have $120 billion in treasury bills and cash. 
So for everyone, it's like, yo, debt is good. I'm like, now the interest rates has went up. Not the best thing. It's better to have a bunch of cash on hand in case if they need to deploy. Like, it's amazing that they, if they wanted to, they can buy 70% of Tesla or considerable portion into AMD or any of these companies just having this cash sitting around. Um, number three, the position in Apple cannot be understated. <laughs> Uh, I'll say it again. Apple is probably the greatest publicly traded company of all time. They get a hundred million dollars yeah. a quarter in dividends for, and the funny part here is like, I don't even know how the smartphone works, but I do know the consumer yeah. and Apple knows how to sell phones incredibly well. So it brings me back to my point of investing in the top company in the world. Yeah, Buffett said at the beginning, this is the greatest company we own today by far. And <laughs> if he would have listened to Charlie a few years prior, yeah. They probably would have had another seven or eight billion dollars in dividends that they would have collected, which is amazing. Um, number four, I thought it was really interesting that he said that there's no other option for reserve currency other than the American dollar. Mm -hmm. So for all of you, it's like, yo, Ian's been fear mongering. You don't have to listen to me. You can listen to Uncle Warren, mm -hmm. and he's provided you some safety, right? Can I add to it? Absolutely. Because, I mean, this is this is true. He said that uh, he doesn't expect the U.S. dollar to be dethroned as a world's uh, reserve currency anytime soon. Yeah. So there's a couple of things you can look at that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yes, there's confidence in it at the time being, but the fact that he said anytime soon means that at some point- Could be. It could be. Could maybe be. not in his lifetime. Hopefully not in hours. 15 years. Yeah, at some point, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And the last one was um, his thoughts on Paramount. Um, he said it's never good when a company cuts its dividend. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, but yeah, anytime a company cuts their dividend, it's usually a sign of weakness in the time um, to actually get out of that stock. And for a lot of the streaming players, they don't have that much of a competitive advantage anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not a place to deploy capital. And then, of course, the regional banks, we'll talk about that later, yeah. then trouble. So banking has no significant advantage anymore, and neither does the streaming players. Um, so those are my five big takeaways from yeah. there. He, he said that a couple of weeks ago about streaming. They just didn't like it as a business. To yeah, bad I'm just not profitable. Here's a simple analysis. Fundamentally, if the margins are thin, less than twenty percent, don't invest. Like you need, here's you need high gross margins to be able to grow your business, deploy capital into that growth, and also to give money back to shareholders. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of the first things you can look at fundamentally. Like if they make a hundred dollars per sale, how much did I keep? Are they keeping? Yeah. Some companies are only keeping two or three bucks. Now the interest rates have been adjusted. And the regional banks, some of them only keeping one penny and trying to play the basis point game. It's no good. I think one of the things was confirmation. Like, listen to the, the takeaways, the yeah. confirmation. And we spoke about this in Market Mondays in L.A. with Dave Gross. Shout out to Dave Gross. Yes. What we, we saw last night. But when we talked about the pressure that commercial real estate is going to be in. And then he double down and confirm that and was talking about, you know, higher rates are going to put pressure on yeah. on the commercial space. It was like, we, we said this two months ago, mm -hmm. right? So it's, again, it's not like, you don't have to listen to you us. You have to listen to us. But listen to the greatest investor of our time. He's telling you like, yeah, commercial the clock is ticking, their time's up. But he also talked about uh, the banks, right? Mm -hmm. And I know people have felt pressure. They've seen the regional banks, you know, have some turmoil, but Number one thing he, so? say, he said was like, all right, that's cool, but don't worry about it. The yeah. deposits are safe. Yeah, that's and true. So I know that puts calm over a lot of people, right? But yeah, if you're invested in the bank, regional banks, not a great idea. Maybe not a great time. Yeah. But if you're a, an average person who's just putting their money in the bank, yeah, you're fine. Are going are to be safe. And then you talked about earnings year over year. 
and, we, and you know that's something we talk about. We watch the earnings reports. We watch how they they're going to perform compared to the year prior. We said he's expecting to have uh, lower year over year earnings. So we'll have to see what that type of impact has on the stock of some of these companies yeah. over the next twelve months, right? Because if if they're not bringing as much money, yeah, then we would probably expect to see some of them pull back a little bit. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk about inflation and the impact that that's had and, and, and the Fed rate. So it's interesting. Like, hearing those things was like, all right, yeah, we've been you spot on track. All these things. And it's, uh, again, it's it's confirming the things that we've been saying already. And we can see it in the earnings now. They've been adjusting guidance lower. Right. Um, even when I was uh, with Mike and Josh, you guys check out the episode with me and Josh. On Shout T-Cat. out to your episode of the conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah he has yeah. some glowing things to say about you, too, by the way, <laughs> being a visionary. So... Earners, what's up? Look, The Voice is now on Wall Street. By now, you've probably heard about artists selling their catalogs to huge private equity funds. Dre sold his for $200 million. Lil Wayne sold his for $100 million. Future for $75 million. But average investors and fans who drive the culture have been left out of the action. Exceed is changing all of that. They're turning music into SEC-qualified Reg A offerings, which means Anyone can buy shares of music from their favorite artists and get paid when that music streams. It's like Robin Hood for music. Exceed is coming out the gate strong with the partnership with Little Dirk's OTF label, letting you invest in one of the hottest artists in the world. Download the app today and get in on the action. Um, you guys be talking so. <laughs> but um, when I was talking to Josh, I'm like, hey, our vacancy rates for the commercial space at like 15%. He was like, no, they're almost at 20 Ooh. So like a normal rate is like five to 10, 15 is like a danger sign. I'm like, if we're 20% vacancy, that is not a good sign. We are going to see a correction in that commercial space probably in the next two years. And I think that if they didn't prop up these regional banks, the bigger banks will have to start to pay for those vacancies. Mm-hmm. It's getting tricky out here. Only invest in the best companies in the, in the space and you'll be good. Yeah, they asked Charlie Munger about AI, his response. Old-fashioned intelligence works pretty well. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like why, what, if a business is not profitable or the margins are too thin, I'm begging you to stay away. And I know we want to gamble and we want to look. I know Pepe Coin is taking off to the moon. It's <laughs> going to come back down to whatever normal deviation is normally at. But we have to stop being involved in this hype cycle. Now, if you catch it on the upside, I'm not mad at it. But once it's in the news, it's usually too late. And that's the thing that I want to stress here. Week to week or day to day news doesn't matter. It's the principles in investing that matter more than anything. So there you have it. And Berkshire Hathaway's A shares, uh, $497,000 per share. So almost a half a million dollars for one share. And the B share is $327 per share. So. The A share. Can we tell you just talk about that? Yeah. Just kind of give them some explanation. The difference between an A share and a B share. Yeah, the class A shares are like the 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 big shares, like the main um, power player shares that you want. And of course, if you invested way back in the day, the return on that has been amazing. But the reason why he didn't split is so, of course, as the price of the, those shares go up, mm-hmm. they all earn more. So they made it a B share, so people like us could be able to get in and invest in it because people miss the opportunity. So like when Apple was split or Tesla splits, they do so so more cash can come in. But because they're buying some quality businesses like Dairy Queen, Seize Candies, 
a bunch of like home furnishing companies. They didn't want to dilute those shares so they can remain rich, but they did want to have, provide access to the everyday person to be involved in Berkshire and have that safety. So it was interesting to see even how they allowed people to get into the fund later, mm -hmm. but also kept majority of the riches for themselves as well. So I think it's the best way to kind of like play that asset allocation ETF yeah. um, game as well. And, and I'm glad you brought that up about acquiring companies because one of the things that they spoke about at, at the meeting was their involvement in Occidental uh, Petroleum, mm -hmm. right? We keep seeing them invested every quarter, every quarter, and it's yeah. like, all right, at this point, you're investing in this pretty heavily. Are you yeah. just going to take over the company? Yeah. And it's his his response is really interesting. It was like, yeah, we would, but we don't know what to do with it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but you're investing in every quarter. You don't know what to do with it. So these are things. I mean, you, you watch for these things, right? Yeah. So that's a company. Obviously, if you're looking, if he's looking at it and he's mm -hmm. putting heavy money behind it, the same way when we looked at TSM, when they put money yeah. in, it was like the stock price went up. Yeah. And then they sold it and the stock price came down. The reason they're moving their money is because they see something five, 10 years down the line yeah. that we're not. Yeah. And that, that's the advantage that you have of being in those spaces. So um, when Berkshire Hathaway stock first came out in 1984, I mm -hmm. believe. Yeah, I think it's 84, yeah. It debuted at $1,400. It's currently at around $500,000 right now. So that is a 35,000% rate of return. Wow. Take the odds. That's a 35,000. No, <laughs> put the odds in your favor. That's a 35,000% rate of return mm -hmm. since in 39 years. Um, and the B share actually debuted in 1997, I believe. Let's see. 1996 at $20. Mm -hmm. And now it is three hundred and twenty-seven dollars. Yeah. So that is. Let me see how much that is. And that's why we would go back to the rap debate versus sports debate thing. While they had us debating who was better, Mace or who, Jay or Biggie and Tupac. I'm like, no one was screaming to us. You should get B shares of, of Berkshire. Yep. That's yeah. that's a fifteen hundred percent rate of return. So yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you got to prioritize. I, it's all entertainment, and I love it. I love it. But mm -hmm. you know, we're concerned about somebody's headboard um, <laughs> in their bedroom. Wow. Or should we be holding mics right now? Should we be holding the mics? Wow. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. That, but that's cool. Like, if I have an issue with somebody, that's what I'm just saying. For other people yeah. to play into, to, uh, for other yeah. people to, you know, debate online, like, that's not technically his primary bedroom. That's his, why do you care? It doesn't matter. Why do you care? Well, like, let them, let them have fun. Let them, like, no, shout out to both of them. Let them have fun with it. Love you guys. But, Y'all playing into this and it's getting posted on academics' page and then it's like, oh, let me go through a rabbit hole to find out Let's comment on um that. if this is really his bedroom or if it's his man cave. Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, Berkshire Hathaway <laughs> stock is up thirty-five thousand percent since no the time, time that she was in kindergarten. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like be mindful. Like, of course they're gonna be like, Well, I was one years old when I okay. My answer to that is this is why we're financially educating you because now you have a children, you have child. child yeah. So now if your parents would have brought you one share mm -hmm. of Berkshire Hathaway when you were born, right, for $1,500, yeah, and now you would be up 
thousand percent. So or the, 490,000. The idea is just to, you know, whether it's Apple stock, whether it's Google stock, whether it's Berkshire Hathaway stock, whether it's Microsoft stock, of course, nobody's, you know, you're not going to be able to predict every single thing that happens. But the key to having these conversations as opposed to those conversations yeah. is that there's a 100% chance of that you're never going to make any money with those conversations. From gossip. That's a one, there's a 100% chance you're not going to make any money. There's a very high probability that you'll make money with these conversations. Yeah. What you entertain will dictate your future. Absolutely. What entertains you trains you. This is a fact. I love that. Right? In 96, we was, they were, the argument was big and pop. And now we're talking about a different, a platform of, of arguments, but it's, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Like, where's our focus? Yeah. Where's our focus? Yeah. That's where your money gonna be. Absolutely. Right, you gonna be broke or you gonna have some information that you're gonna use and actually make something. And also, it's a great point too, to look at what the richest people in the world are investing in. When you see the majority of his allocation is into Apple, that's for a reason. You don't have to listen to me always, but mm -hmm. Two Tech Two Index has been working incredibly well. Um, and if that allocation ever changes, you can go to any site, Guru Focus, and see where the allocation has changed and model it for yourself. Everyone put in chat, investing is easy. Follow what the richest people in the world have done. And if I've made you money, please put yes in yeah. chat. Simplicity is key. You don't need more formulas. You don't need more companies. Just invest in the best yeah. one. And I want to say for everybody, people are doing that. Like, I mean, maybe five, 10 years ago, people may not have known, especially if you don't come from a world of finance, you may not have known what Warren Buffett was or what Berkshire Hathaway was or is. Yeah. But now there's no excuse. Yeah. And people are learning and people are, are watching yeah. earnings reports and people are watching shareholders meetings. Like, but why do they push all the gossip to us? I never hear who Bieber gets into a win. Yeah, but, like, who does Mario Lopez beef with? And, and it, I don't think any of us said everybody, yeah. but the vast majority of people. Yeah. So this is something that has been going on since the history of time. But like you said, that's it's, it's more so pushed on our culture than any other culture. Celebrity gossip, sports entertainment, entertainment yeah. is for every single person across all yeah. genres, uh, across all race and ethnicities. But the level of toxicity that is pushed upon our culture, I have not seen it. Like you said, I, from the rap battle culture of, it's not, you know, people actually beefing and, mm -hmm. and you know, who killed who and da 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 da. Like, I've never seen that for other cultures. Yeah. For like the, the dissing each other and slander, and I've never seen, the media picked that up at scale mm -hmm. as they have with our culture compared to any other culture. Yeah, 100% right. I was just speaking in terms of like the people that are doing it, right? So you focus on the people who are doing the right thing. It's like the, the teacher who's like trying to get the kid who's from uh, a C student to a B student. And you're proud of him when he gets there, but yeah. there's a kid who's getting straight A's every, every And pay attention period. to him as well. Yeah, gotcha. you gotta celebrate okay. him as well, right? Gotcha. Because he's been doing the right thing. So I'm saying like, there are people who are out there that are doing it. Mm -hmm. And so rather than saying like, yes, there's a large population that are entertained by nonsense. And hopefully that will change. But there are people who like, have gotten the word, have found the information and said, yo, this changed my life. And now they're focused and locked in on this. Mm -hmm. Shout out to them. But uh, yeah, shout out to them. But we have we our responsibility is to convert the un the unconverted. We that we're trying to change the trajectory of the future of for millions of people. Of course, of course. Once you become converted, it's not really up up to us to celebrate you because we've already helped change your life. 
Now you have a responsibility to convert other people. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. So, no, 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 I understand what you're saying. But what I'm saying is that we have to focus on that mm -hmm. because that's still, unfortunately, the vast majority of our culture. So, yeah, it's great. Everybody watching Market Monday, salute to you guys. You guys obviously are already in the know. But there should be 100,000 people every time that we do a live. Because mm -hmm. Carisha please, there's 60,000 people that's watching her, her episodes when it, when it premiered. Hours, of course. So, and no disrespect to her. No, no disrespect, but I'm just saying, yeah. what's more beneficial? So this is something that yeah. we constantly have to, because we're, we're, in, we're in an uphill battle. So we have negativity coming from a variety of different places. So by design for our community. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. a, it, so we have to kind of keep reinforcing that message because if not, it's easy to fall victim of that. Yeah, it's easy to just get caught up and now you start debating and now you start going back and forth and you start you know and then before you know it you kind of go off track. Yeah. So we have to keep people on track and we have to convert new yeah. converts over. Yeah. And get them to buy into this way of thinking as opposed to what they're currently used to is extremely important but once again shout out to both of those gentlemen i'm not sure if the primary bedroom i'm not sure if it was his primary bedroom or not but um, <laughs> you sleep there maybe mg the mortgage guy can define the primary bedroom the versus of the window an adu kind of what, the AD, what, what determines that, right? I think yeah. window size, closet size. I think your primary bedroom bathroom is it. <laughs> real estate talk. <laughs> nah, real talk. MG. Oh my God. Type in chat. <laughs> ah. If your ceiling like over eight feet is not really a bedroom, there's, there's like things, there's requirements. Primary, primary bedroom is crazy. Oh. Top ceiling. <laughs> old school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. But even with that, that's why, like, when we had, like, the pineapple juice era, the leather jacket era, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll watch our show speak. Everyone on YouTube is yelling to get attention. That's only really done in our... I, when I watch Mr. Beast or Kalis, they're never doing that. They may do quick edits and jump cuts, yeah. but they're not yelling they at the audience. Battle. Yeah, they're fighting a different battle. So yeah. just to give you guys some context, even around content as you guys are making your own lane and building your own brand, how you can approach it in, in different lanes. But most importantly, going back to Berkshire, those people are there because he's helped them make money. Mm -hmm. That fanfare and reverence and yeah. respect that they have, like some of those people have seven and 8,000 shares <laughs> And I'm like, wait, you've been here since 90 something. You got 7,000 eight. Cl what? It's, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So, yes. And how many more of these shareholder meetings will, I mean, will we have where they're both there? I know. That's the thing I was thinking. I don't want to speak that into existence, but I'm like, we're getting to the tail end of their yeah. career. I mean, they're still doing 97 and 93. Like, yeah. And it's still going. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Apple's <laughs> Apple has beat earnings last week. Yes. Um, what does it mean for the stock market overall? Mm -hmm. And what does it mean for the economy? I'm sure Tim Cook's primary bedroom looks amazing. It's <laughs> <laughs> primary <office. laughs> For real. Uh, shout out to Tim Cook and everyone at Apple. Um, 
Revenue was at 94.8 billion versus 92.6, which was expected. Yes. And then iPhone was at 51.3 billion versus 48.9. Yeah. Now they adjusted guidance and revenue because we're in a software economy. I get that. Yes. But it goes to show, like, I mean, just on revenue alone, they made 94.8 billion. So if you're looking, should I invest Apple versus another company? You have to invest in the companies that are making the most cash. So write this down. Whoever has the most revenue should be in your consideration for what's in your portfolio. So even there on a, on the iPhone side, they did fifty one point three billion in a quarter. Yes, which is bigger than most companies will do in a year. And that helped the the earnings absolutely. Right? The two percent because I mean they weren't expecting the iPhone to have any increase this quarter. Absolutely, the fact that it went up two percent was like, all right, great, this is incredible. So yeah, can I run them down? Let Go ahead, because we, when we talk about the verticals. A lot of people just think Apple, they might think there's just the MacBook or it's just the, the phone. So iPad, let, let, let's yeah. go down all the verticals and we'll just we'll just say that the money that was made. So you said iPhone, the revenue was up 51 billion, 51.3 billion. Uh, Wall Street expected it to be at 48. So that was a plus. The MacBook, it actually went down. This was this was something mm -hmm. that we'll talk about. 7.7 .7 billion versus 7.8 billion. Uh, the iPad also went down in revenue, 6.67 uh, 6 billion. Uh, as opposed to the 6.69 and then the other revenue from um, the products. So we had 8.7 billion uh, as opposed to 8.43, which was expected. And then the services. Mm -hmm. So the services is is crazy because you think about it. Yeah. You got uh, Apple Music. But one of the biggest things is, the, is the, the deal that they have with Google. Yep. To be the number one search engine on Apple. And we talked about this <laughs> what, last week and the not beefing. You would think Apple and Google are competitors. They're technically Apple, Microsoft, and Google are like a soft monopoly that operates together. It, I mean, 20 billion, 20, almost 21 billion in the quarter just from the services alone. Mm -hmm. Just think about that. Yeah. Just just having a partnership or having a deal with a company that's doing has a product that you're saying this can help us in our businesses. Yeah. Obviously the app stores inside of that as well, but twenty billion just in services. Yeah. So you have all these verticals. Now, if you look at it, if the earnings, all of those have went down. Yeah. Except for the iPhone yep. And Apple still doesn't give future guidance. They haven't done it for the past two Very years. Very smart. They haven't on decline. Yeah. You don't know what to expect, but we do know that growth is exponential each year and we know that a new product is coming everybody's waiting for june 5th or june 7th yeah. for the date to for them to announce so i mean when Buff when buffett says this is the greatest company we've ever seen i haven't seen anything like it this is it's unprecedented man it's yeah. unprecedented and and they uh the board authorized 90 billion in share repurchases and dividends which is huge right when you buy back your shares it brings back the value to the um more shares and it the way they're doing this is just... And if we look at Coinbase in comparison, uh, when Fred Wilson was invested as a venture capitalist, they sold everything off. And then also the CEO, Brian Armstrong. And last time we were here in Miami, I had a controversial take about Coinbase. Mm -hmm. A year later, and that'd be kind of true. Yeah. Uh, shout out to everyone in the crypto space. I love you all. I don't want any smoke, right? I'm coming here in peace. No podcasts or, or currency wars on my end. But if you look... A great sign if a company is doing well is if the companies are doing buybacks and if the executives there are holding on. I want, I want to run off some quick stats. Uh, so for Apple, one year or year to date, it's up 38%. Um, one year from today, it's been up 14%. Over the last month, up 7%. Uh, PE ratio is at 29, which is low, which is absolutely amazing. Market cap of $2.75 And... 
the percentage of floated shorts is 0.73%. So that tells you that no one thinks that this company is going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Invest in the greatest company that's ever been publicly traded for the long term, and you will be okay. Once again, it goes back to investing being really simple if we stick to our principles. And I wish more companies were this well ran so we can have like a more diverse swath of companies to invest in. But they are clearly like the LeBron James of this or Devin Booker, which one is more efficient of this era, right? Either way, I love Dev, but I don't think Dev making it to the finals. But um, welcome to third take. <laughs> but this company is probably the most efficient rent. If I look at revenue point per employee, that's at 2.34 million. So if you can compare these stats and see versus Tesla, how well this is being ran, and Tim Cook and the entire team is incredibly focused. That's another thing at Berkshire. Mm-hmm. Um, even when they mention Ajit and the person who's going to replace Buffett, they're not on social media. They don't eat up that much space. They're just head down, focused on running the company, and that's a metric and fun- uh, the fundamentals that we have to focus on more, for sure, yeah, especially during a recession. I'm glad you brought up Coinbase. Brian Armstrong was in the news. He doubled down again, right, criticizing the SEC what he feels like is a loan attack on anti-crypto establishments, Agreed. him being the number one of it. And so from an investment standpoint, if, if people are looking at it, we kind of went over this two weeks ago when we were talking about we invest in U.S. companies. Mm-hmm. But if this U.S. company can't thrive here, he'll be forced to go international, Absolutely. which is going to lose some of the trust of some of the investors. Mm-hmm. So he's in a, it's in a tough space for him. Yeah. They should sell to J.P. Morgan. And I'm not here to cape for J.P. Morgan. <laughs> but it's add, like Just add to the asset class with them? L- listen, if, if the CEO of YouTube comes out and be like, hey, we don't want any black people to be like leading figures. Like, we got to go to another. We got to go to Twitch <laughs> or some. Like, you have to make an adjustment. Now, if Gensler leaves and then the next SEC chair is crypto favorable, then I have a chance to thrive. But when you have a regulatory body basically saying, we don't want you here, and you get a Wells notice, and they won't tell you how to play within the lines. How do you have a competitive advantage? And I think Brian is a great CEO. I just think that the regulations won't allow them to thrive ever. Earners, what's going on? Listen, EYLU is relaunching, revamping, retooling. That's right, we're creating a new educational experience that's more expansive. Shari, tell me what we got. Yes, 2023. We got a lot in store, a lot planned for you guys. So you know that EYLU already includes monthly financial planning calls with me, book club calls with Troy, real estate calls with MG the Mortgage Guy, access to the home buying blueprint, volume one and volume two. Part of the revamp will include 27 local chapters from across the United States, live interactive teaching, hands-on, not just pre-recorded videos, plus 15 brand new curriculums. The biggest just got bigger. Head over to EYLUniversity.com. That's E-Y-L-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y.com. See you there. You you just brought up a great point, the Wells Notice. You want to just tell people what the Wells Notice is? I mean, the SEC is basically putting you on notice that you are doing some unscrupulous things, which I think is unfair. Mm -hmm. Like, if you ever play basketball, you went to state, and you're like, hey, these refs are not going to be in our favor. The Wells Notice is like, listen, you need to be one by 20 before we give you this title. Right? So now they have a few days to reply. Of course, they're going to reply. They're going to fight back. But if... And I, I found it interesting, even all like the staking rewards, when I saw the rollout of the Apple rewards card, it looked very similar to like what Cardano was doing. Mm. So I'm like, now, if I can give you all the APY returns and the safety of Apple, 
that allows them, and Apple has a great relationship with the government, the SEC and the White House, that kills the majority of mainstream who will never go to crypto, Ethereum, Bitcoin, Cardano, and you can go there. Yeah. That's another attack that people aren't talking about enough. While the SEC is the direct attack, the Apple savings card being pushed to have $1 billion in four days. Mm, 1.4. Ridiculous. That's a side attack as well. Yeah. So, so the Wells Notice is almost like a subpoena for business. Yes. Right. The SEC says we've done an investigation. The next steps are enforcement action is about to happen. Yeah. And so they've been served with that. If they get an enforcement action, man, it's... it's not good. Well, yeah, let's talk about that briefly too, because Apple definitely. Um, we talked about the savings account mm -hmm. um, a few weeks ago. So now, in the first four days, uh, they brought in one billion dollars mm -hmm. in deposits. That's um, insane. So yeah, uh, so the newly <laughs> launched savings account. Um, they uh, yeah attracted nearly one billion dollars in deposits, according to a Forbes article. Mm -hmm. So um, was that three weeks ago. I yeah. think so. so and yeah. for context, before First Republic went under, they had nineteen billion dollars. Yeah. And this and this and once again, this this is gonna be That's great context. Four point four point one five percent interest. Mm -hmm. Um and it's backed by Goldman Sachs. Yes. Um and it's 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 adding to Apple's growing financial services offerings. Yes. Um and it's for Apple users, Apple Pay users, yeah. I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, let's talk Apple card users, Apple, Apple card, card users. users. Yeah. So 1 billion in four in four days, where do you see the trajectory of this long term? Like what would be your out, your crystal ball for this particular product? I think five, 10 years from now, 10 years, or maybe even five, they should have $20 billion on it. Cause here's the thing. If we, if interest rates are slowly going up, um, FOMC, of course, raise a quarter, uh, of 1%. I think the rate that we'll need to get to before we top out is six and a half percent, which will crush the market, which is what they want to do because they want to slow spending and increase inflation. People, in times of recessions or depressions, people are going to look for safety first. So like when Countrywide went under in the last recession, it allowed Bank of America and JP Morgan to become the safer alternatives. Mm -hmm. Now, with everyone using these phones and Apple build, building trust since the 1980s, if I have to bank between them and PNC, shout out to PNC, I love you guys. I've banked with you for a long time prior to going to Capital One, but I have more trust with Apple than I do any major bank. So, and I know there's some places you guys have highlighted in the comments where you can get a higher yield, but Apple has a higher trust score than Robinhood. Also, if I can get 25% or 30% return in the stock, why don't I just bank with Apple? Because the probability of Apple going under, they are literally the too big to fail. Mm -hmm. if, if the government has to pick between Apple and JP Morgan, Jamie Dimon will go work for Apple. So it's all about who is the safest entity and institution. And Apple is probably one of the largest of all time. I think in five or 10 years, they have $20 billion under management. And it's the funny part. This is like a side project for them. It's not a main focus at all. Right. And we, we just spoke about the verticals. Yeah. Right. So we didn't even talk about financials. So like 20 billion, that would be on par with what we just said that they get from the services component. I mean, when you think about that type of money under management, where, where does that place it? Do we see it? Because we have the big four when we talk about mm -hmm. banks. Top 20? Top yeah. 15? Top 20. 
A 20. And, and Apple's so smart, they will never come in and be a direct competitor. They say, we just want to be an ally to assure the safety of the American citizens, to give some safety. And then I'm sure they have some preferred part- partners like Goldman that they'll work with mm-hmm. down the line. And then also then when they make the move into healthcare. So that may be another 20 to 40 billion. So if you get 20 billion under management here, 20 billion in services, if they announce that um, the glasses product, mm-hmm. amazing. Healthcare, that's another 20 billion. And now you're really in the biggest four sectors of all time. Yes, all under one umbrella. With great leadership, great management. So I don't know what would ever, like IBM lost its way. The thing that makes Apple unique, kind of like LeBron, deep into their 40 year, 50 year, because normally once the stock gets to like 30 years, they begin to taper off. They are continuing to find ways to innovate and scale into different industries, which are like Microsoft never could have been like a car manufacturer or like would anyone ever wanted to bank with Microsoft back in the day? No, absolutely not. So unfathomable from, from that standpoint, then it debunks the theory of companies having a 30 year run of dominance for most kinds. This is like an exception. This is, this is, the yeah. This is like if LeBron and Jordan was like, was one person. This is the outlier yeah, outlier for sure. But it goes to show how you should run a company a based on trust delivering on returns delivering on promises of mm-hmm. course they've had some failed products but they usually bounce back really well um there's no stopping this company anytime soon yeah yeah i mean and kind of the question was like what does it mean to the market i remember when i we, i called you wednesday I yeah said, look if, and we spoke about our market money's like yeah. like this is important outside of all the companies this is the one this is the one and so when we saw uh the iphone what Wall Street was estimating and how the stock went up. I'm like, all right, great. That means at least Thursday and Friday, we're going to see some some mm-hmm. some positive days just because of the weighted impact that Apple has on the S&P. Mm-hmm. And, and from a lot of the ETFs, especially QQQ, and, and we talk about XLK all the time, but like the amount that is weighted on that company, yeah. if it has a negative quarter, yeah. we're in trouble. Yeah. It's going to affect everything. Yeah. Um, and a great part is like they're currently hunting for what will replace the iPhone. Like a couple analysts believe like in 10 years, the iPhone will kind of go the pathway of what the iPod went. For those of you who don't know, at one point, the number one driver of revenue for Apple was the iPod. Yes. Then the iPhone came out and all the iterations from there. iPhone 15 should be coming out pretty soon. Yeah. Um, but they're, I don't know if it will be the glasses product, but they're looking for a revenue replacement for the iPhone. And if they do that, that will extend them another 10 or 15 years as well. So, yeah. And the reason a lot of from what they're saying that, you know, the numbers were down for the MacBook and the iPad is because we're the comparison. You're comparing it year over year. Yeah. And so you're talking about a time when people were buying yep. computers at a different rate. They were buying uh, tablets at a different rate. Now opposed to this year where it's like, all right, they're not buying them at the same rate. Plus mm-hmm. there were some shortages. Obviously, with some supply chain issues, and so that affects the numbers. So, yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll see those numbers change over the next two to three quarters. But we saw it even now, like with the Airbus, it, it almost looks like they're bringing the uh, iPod back, right? It has Absolutely. the new ones that have the screen on it. So, I mean, they're just going to keep innovating, man. Shout out to Apple. Uh, my portfolio looks great with them in it. One seventy-three. Oh baby, <laughs> oh baby, buy the best. So the Fed raises rates. Um, 25 basis points, yes. 0.25%. Uh, last week, will this be the last raise or will they cut soon? I think they'll pause for a little bit, bit of time. Um, and I think maybe one more raise next year. 
Uh, I think the effective rate would need to be at is like six and a quarter to get to where we need to be. I've said it before. I, th- it's the toughest job right now on earth to have because if you raise too quickly, it decimates too many businesses. But we kind of need some of these businesses that were built off low interest rate and quantitative easing and money just flowing around to die so we can usher in the new crop. And that's why I like this transition between AI is so key because now we're seeing that like era of ultra efficiency kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, the job market is still very weird. Like it's at its lowest rate, but it's not high paying jobs yeah. that we need. So we're in a shift right now. Um, and he doesn't want to cut too fast or raise rates too fast. I get it. But like, you're either going to have to rip the bandaid off and kind of let a little bit of destruction happen because like going in between isn't really working. Yeah. Um, but I, we expected a quarter percentage raise yeah. is what we got. Yeah, we said that. I, I think most analysts had projected it to be anywhere between five to five and a quarter. So, yeah. But what you're saying is right. Like we're, we're starting to see signs that maybe this is the pause for a yeah. while. Uh, because what was the goal? The goal was to lower pricing, yep. lower jobs. So if we look at the report, construction and manufacturing was down, right? If we look at consumer spending, which is mm-hmm. key, that slowed down in February and in March. The job market also has uh, lost some steam, even though that's what you said is kind of weird because yeah. the job market has lost steam, but unemployment is still at a 50-year low. Yeah. So people are working. It's just not at the jobs that are going to be paying the most. Yeah. And then the job gains, they were the lowest uh, in over two years. But yeah. then again, you think two years ago was 2021 mm-hmm. in the middle of a pandemic, Yeah. right? people would have been going back to work around that time. And so when we think of those comparisons, we got to keep it in context. I think we stop for, I, if we if there is another raise, I think there's one more. Yeah. And then I think for the rest of the year, we're, we're going to stay at done, like yeah. five, five and a quarter. Yeah. I think that's where we'll, we'll settle at. Yeah. I mean, it goes to show to, or a question I like to pose is like, can we have exceptional growth without quantitative easing? Going back to the point you made, I think two years ago, like the tech bubble of the late nineties was caused by quantitative easing. If we take out quantitative easing for those eras, we could have been flat 10 mm-hmm. to 15 years, but would that have been better for the country overall? Like having these excessive rates of stimulation and the massive drops of 50% isn't good for anyone. While we don't have a great leader, like when Obama came in, he pushed stimulus international relations were a little bit better Mm -hmm. do you think we need to ease up off of quantitative easing or do you think we're dead in the water if we don't have it uh i think we're dead in the water if we don't have it uh we're robbing peter to pay paul for a long time it it was like i remember maybe a year ago we were talking about a soft landing yeah and so it's it's a very delicate proposition right you raise rates people can't afford things you gotta cut jobs so people can't spend money yeah I mean, how do you win in that scenario, right? And so, like, it, it's very del. If we don't have the quantities, and then it's like, all right, it's a bloodbath. Yeah, we can't afford that, right? We yeah. just came out of of, of a pandemic. Um, can we have a, a financial pandemic? I don't know if we're ready for that. I don't think we're ready for that. That means since 1999, without quantitative easing, we would have been at recession or break even ever since. That is True. insane. <laughs> That's like insane once you think about it. Go read Ray Dalio's, but I'm not trying to fear monger, but I do want to give you context around when we have these growth cycles, when things are going well versus when we're not. I I don't know the solution to it. 
Um, I just wish a lot of companies here that are publicly traded would do a lot better. And I think it's a mistake to have quarterly reports. I always have. I wish they were year over year. Mm. So people will stop making short, hasty decisions to beat numbers and game the system. But it's a good point for another day. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's talk about Pack West Bank's chooses to cut their dividend um what does it mean when a company does that what does it mean when a company uh cuts their dividend and um regional banks are slowly dying is it now time to begin investing in them or should we stay away from them overall um when a company cuts a dividend it's usually a sign of weakness yeah. in their overall economy so that's not good the overall regional banking sectors got beat up pretty bad um they bounced a little bit today they're up like 1.2 percent but i mean they went from 50 bucks down to 582 i'm going to be very clear i would not buy any regional banks right now okay. um batnick brought up the proposition you can probably buy like the etf kre because there's 5,000 banks there, but if a sector is overall weak and the top players are crumbling, mm -hmm. I'm not expecting a bank from Wyoming to save the day for the ETF. <laughs> let's, let's just bear on the side of safety, right? Yeah. So I would stay away from that um, unless you can get like a, an exceptional price. Maybe if you swing trade it or if you get an option on it, maybe if it's money that you can just afford to burn and lose, but I would stay away from the regional banks all together. Yeah, I think when you think about dividends, it's two ways you can, well, it's three ways you can look at it. The first thing is like, why is it being cut? It's yeah. usually two reasons, right? They're not making enough money, right? Yeah. Or funds are limited. Yep. Right? Those are the two reasons that dividends get cut. And so you see a company doing that. All right, that could be a red flag. But on the other, the third reason why they cut it is because they're trying to restructure so that they can have profit. So yeah. sometimes... When you see a dividend get cut, sometimes it's paused. Mm -hmm. We've seen companies do that, pause it over time because dividends are paid out to shareholders, right? And so if they're not bringing enough money in, then I can't pay you. Yeah. It's pretty much. Can I be honest? Yeah. The whole regional bank sector, bus drivers. Shout out to Ebony K. Williams. These are just jokes written by 85 South, Carlos Bean, and, I mean, Carlos, and DC Young Fly. Listen, the sector of regional banks are broke. I'm not, I'm not touching If that. Ebony K. Williams was an investor, she's not ta talking to you. Uh, uh, Ayala won't fix this so, at so all. So it's like, would you, would you date a regional bank manager? No, bank manager, maybe, but the regional banking sector, yeah. don't touch. You got to own the bill. Yes. Do you find anything wrong with what Ebony said? <laughs> Ebony. Come on the show. Please talk. And talk about it. Let's 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 talk that's about crazy. it. That's crazy. And for manager. any man that's upset, it's like, bro, you can have any job if you deliver in a couple areas and get what you need to get done. You know what I'm saying? This is not investing advice. <laughs> Stop worrying about the titles. Just be exceptional in who you are, man. But let's talk about that if we can quickly. Um, so this is an interesting <laughs> conversation. There was a song. Remember that song? It was like eight figure. That's what I. That's what I like. Yeah. Oh, sweetie. Yeah. Yeah. So I had said something to 19 Keys about that. Um, and shout out to, to her, sweetie. But here's here's the problem, right? It's social media has created a vocal minority Facts. and has disenfranchised the vast majority of people, especially black people. Mm -hmm. And it's creating mental illnesses, actually. Absolutely. So what's what's happening is this, right? 
whether you say, let's take this, I want somebody that makes eight figures. The average black person makes $35,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So 1% of America, a 10th of 1% of America, a 10th, a 10th of 1% of America is in the eight figure range. Uh, 1% of that are black. Yeah. So like statistically, right? When, like when you do like, um, science problems and different things of that nature, if, if it's so low that it's, this doesn't count, then they just really discard it. Like yeah. it's impossible if it even happening. Yeah. So you talking about something that on a statistical scientific chart is not even going to show up because yeah. the, the, the odds of it happening it's are so, it's, it's just not even worth even, yeah. even saying how low of a chance that is. Yeah. Right. Um, that's on a larger scale. Now on this bus driver situation, as opposed to a, a bus owner, we know that the vast majority of people are not entrepreneurs, especially black people. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody that bu- drives a bus actually is probably making more than $35,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's end up happening is that people like this are making statements that are biased to how they live because they're privileged and we're privileged. Yeah. Even like as far as geographically where we live, right? You live in New York, you live in Atlanta, you live in Miami, you live in LA. You develop certain normalcies that are not normal to the vast majority of people in middle America, in the South, in the Northwest. Mm. So you start to think that everybody is living the same way as you. You start to think that everybody has the same income as as your circle. Mm -hmm. But then you realize that you yourself are in the top 1%. Mm -hmm. So you're speaking from a vantage point where it's not necessarily wrong what you're saying, but it's irresponsible to say it to a vast majority of people that are not in your same economic situation. Yep. What happens is that now you're starting to pollute the minds of the masses, the masses without giving them solutions to increase their revenue without giving them solutions to become a business owner. So we give you solutions to become a business owner, to increase your revenue, different things of that nature, right? That's different from saying, well, your value is different if you don't make $100,000. Well, how do I make $100,000? That's the next question, Yeah. right? So I just feel like it's a dangerous rhetoric that has been put out there for women, but especially black women, because it's creating unrealistic expectations that you're not going to be able to find. Yeah. Right? I'm just going to be honest with you. You're not going to be able to find. And these debates, once again, only happen in our community. Mm-hmm. Like the whole $500 date, this kind of man, I need this kind of woman. I don't see that in other cultures at scale. I don't see 9,000 red pill pages in the Latino <laughs> community. <laughs> I don't see it. Yeah, like I was behind a whole bunch of people yesterday at the race. I didn't hear anybody arguing over that kind of nah stuff. Yeah, no, and, and and it the so even like when I said the five hundred dollar date thing, I never said that if you don't spend five hundred dollars on a date, you're not worthy of going on a date. Yeah, I just said that's what I'm currently doing. Doing correct. 
I didn't say like that's an expectation for you to do. Mm -hmm. So I think wording is extremely important for her to say she could have been like, um, you know, this me personally. Yeah. Now I think she did say that. Yeah. But it was it was also implied on a wider scale. Yeah. And I think that that's something that is 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 a little dangerous. And even if you say me personally, I think it's still important for you to emphasize. I wouldn't do this, but that's okay if you do it. The time has come, ladies and gentlemen. InvestFest, that's right. That's right. InvestFest 2023 is here. August 25th, 26th, and 27th in Atlanta, Georgia. We are taking it to a new level. Bigger than ever, this year we're going to do 20,000 people in Atlanta, Georgia. I want you to do yourself a favor. Head over to investfest.com right now. We will have activations from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three days, musical performances, billionaires. Everything is gonna be a completely life-changing experience. Vendor Marketplace, Food Truck Village, you know how we do. Don't wait, don't hesitate, head over now. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause sometimes you can say like, well, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't say that it's implied yeah. that, well, they have no value, mm -hmm. right? So I think that, you know, there's a, a point to be made as far as entrepreneurship is something that we need more entrepreneurs. Absolutely. We need more ownership. We do need to make more money. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, she's not wrong in saying that. Yeah. But it's also important for us to understand what our current state is mm -hmm. and what our current expectations are based off of the pool that's available. And if you want to go to the best place to find a great pool of like-minded men and women that you may want to build a relationship with, yeah. get your tickets to InvestFest. There you go. Robert Smith will be there. Jermaine yeah. Dupree, Ian Dunlap, 19 <laughs> Keys, Earn Your Leisure. That's some nine figures. Hey, some nine <laughs> figures, you know? So, I mean, Billy, I Billy, to, Billy. If you want to find someone to build with, you have to find them in like-minded places. Yeah, and I think a part of the conversation, you kind of both said it when the question was posed back to Ayana, she gave her the reasons why she would do it. Yeah. And then she kind of looked at it from that perspective and said, oh, okay, yeah. I, I see that. Yeah. Um, but it's important, the conversation is important, right? Yeah. Because, the, and I think we had this conversation, is there anything wrong? That's her opinion, she's entitled to that. It was the delivery. It was, the delivery of it was was, was off, delivery. but to see another perspective of it, it helps you grow now. It's like, all right, well, I didn't see it like that. But now I get it, right? There's people listening, I know her and Envy got into it when, when she went up there, but it was like, this is a perspective she's talking. This is what she's living. This is currently how she's living. This is currently how she's seeing the world. With more experience, with more voices, with more yeah. perspectives, that can change. That That's happened to me plenty of times. I'll save the rest of my commentary. But shout out, shout out to Diddy. <laughs> shout out to Diddy. <laughs> you have more leeway. I tell you this much. You have more leeway when you have a bag. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> People are willing to oh, man. with, <laughs> with <laughs> more. And I'll say this to the fellas too. Listen, if you do what you're supposed to do, you even if you don't have no job, yeah, yeah, put yes in chat if you know what I'm talking about. Boy, boy. Protect boy. <laughs> Euro pound, protect and provide. That's all you need. Euro. British pound. Euro pound. <laughs> Mark your money's live in London. If you know how to Euro pound and you can protect and provide, you'll be fine. Pay me in pounds. Hey. Um, pound for pound. Yeah. Pound for but if you know, resources will allow you to, to have more leeway in this world. Yes. And um, We'll be talking to Diddy 
So we'll That's have a, a conversation. That is a fact yes. of life. I'm excited to actually have. I'm. We're, I don't think people actually knew that we're going to be interviewing him. That's going to be so. Fun. That's the earn your leisure presentation. Yes. It's you not start good. working on your questions already. I do have some questions in mind. I'm sure there are going to be questions that people want to hear that will be. Asked. Oh, we're asking the tough questions too. Oh, really? Well, he wants that. No, we talk. We, yeah. yeah, he wants that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got that. two. I want to submit. Yeah, yeah. he wants that. Yeah. That's it's good though. It's no. It's no layup. It's no layup. Okay. No, no, no. This, this, this is this is this is going to be one of the ones, man. That's fire. Um, but yeah, uh, we definitely gotta have her on if she's interested in coming in and having these these relationship talks because we don't just have these relationship talks for no reason. It's a very important of the economic and structure of you personally. It's probably honestly the biggest yeah. factor of your economic success is going to be relationships. Who you choose? Who you select? Who yeah. you choose? Hey. Children, yep. how young you have children, if yep. you wait to have children, if you get it divorced, if you have a child out of wedlock, all of these yeah. things factor will factor into this the is, play of your, your finances. Exactly when, when SH Steve Harvey, for those not in the know, SH was on uh, uh Shay Shay, Club Shay Shay, that's exactly what he said. The biggest financial decision you're going to make is who you choose to be. Absolutely, with. mitigate risk at all costs, and, and you can survive it if you if you you can have a kid at at 16 yeah. and become a millionaire. You could go through three divorces. It just makes it increasingly yeah. harder. Harder. That's what he, it, it led to. That it led to the conversation of his divorce. Obviously, we covered the the tax situation and how that played out. He lost it all. He found his his current wife, Marjorie, and it's led to his great success that he's ever had. Yeah. He attributes that to her being in his life. It's no coincidence. So yeah. it's a big decision. All right. Let's give us let's get a couple more of these questions before we wrap. Um, you want to talk about wallmine.com? Yes. Um I, I think if we stop looking for sensationalism, if we go to wallmine.com and look up a 10-year performance history of the stock market. All the best companies are there. So like Google, Microsoft, United Healthcare, Tesla, NVIDIA. So I think a lot of times when we're seeing these losses mount up, it's because we're picking a company and hoping that becomes a darling. Mm -hmm. I too wish I could have picked a company at $4 and it grew to 3000 But the best thing to do, uh, the way to eliminate the companies that are going to give you the biggest headaches, take peace out of your life and relationship, is to look at the track record of that stock for a 10 year period. Same in a relationship. If you look at a person's last 10 years and see what they've done, they're probably gonna replicate that for the next 10 years. It's an easy way to screen out all of the bad players. So like, if you notice, there are really no companies in that 10 year histogram that are down 700% down 200% year. Like you don't have declining growth in those companies. So uh, resource, Walmart.com when it goes to performance to look at the last 10 years and it's going to give you 20 or 30 stocks that, that are really good and you can pick from there i love two tech two index because it makes it easier but if you want to find one on your own that's a quick tip to be able to find some companies on your own and it's wall my two l's yes mine m i n e dot com dot com yes. wall mine dot com chico right there for yes. the people that say they want more direct information. Yes. That's extremely direct. Yes. Lawmind.com. Um, Carl Icahn. Oh, man. 
Uh, Hindenburg strikes again. Talking about shareholders and so, look, All right. So <laughs> what, what's going on here? He's accused of running a Ponzi-like business for Hindenburg Research. Is there any truth to this accusation? Allegedly, once again, allegedly, 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 allegedly. allegedly. Is there any truth to this accusation? And what would you do if you were investing in the I? EP stock. Can we give him a little context? Yes. What he's being accused of is he's using cash from new investors to pay out dividends to uh, shareholders at a ridiculous level. Right. So when we talk about how do people get paid, shareholders mm -hmm. get paid in dividends, that means that the company's made so much money that they've now given portions out to the people who have invested. Mm -hmm. The issue is the number of the return, which is uh, do you have the percentage? No, I don't. Allegedly. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's all alleged, but that, that's the premise of that. That's what makes it the Ponzi scheme. I'm yeah. taking money from you uh, to pay them. Yeah. Um, I love Carl Icahn dearly. I'm going to give some context first. I'm going to put them on a little cape real quick. Uh -oh. Put cape emojis in chat. Then I'm going to get to it. <laughs> um, Carl was the one who teamed up with Tim Cook to make Apple acceptable amongst the investor class. Uh, to be able to invest in. Because at one point in time, Apple was not a favorable company to invest in. And as a result from there, Apple has done exceptionally well. Um, I'm not sure if Carl is doing these things, but if you are taking new money in from investors and giving them to previous clients, that is not favorable, to say the least. So if I was holding the shares of IEP, I would probably take losses now. And I will wait until this clears because this is a big allegation. Yeah. This isn't like you're using social media to prop up the stock. Yeah. Where it's morally on a gray line. This is like they're calling the Madoff essentially. Yeah, they, at a saying, lower scale. They're saying that uh, I the IEP allegedly IEP has paid out over nine hundred eighty million in cash dividends despite cumulatively burning almost one point six billion in their free cash flow. Yeah, went too far. Um, <laughs> you think? Went too far. Allegedly. Well, allegedly. We don't know what happened. Yeah. We we'll don't see. know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, the thing is, like, they're not, he's not, Carl, amazing investor. Son's an amazing investor. But they're not Vanguard, BlackRock, Blackstone, Citadel. It's really tough to pay out that much in dividends. And then the stock has not performed. The best, like if I look at, um, let's see what yours is, 2013 was a high, 149. Even before this allegation came out, in 2020, it went down to 40 bucks. When most stocks were doing incredibly well post-COVID, it went from a low of 33 bucks and went to a high the next year of 60. Mm. So, like, if you're one of the most famed investors and you're doing incredibly well, you would think it would have went from 35 bucks and went up to maybe 90 in comparison. So, but this is what I always say, invest in the top two, Vanguard, BlackRock, the top two in any space to have any kind of uh, risk mitigation. So I don't know. Um, I hope this isn't true. I love Carl. I think he's an amazing investor, but it goes back to what, what we talked about in Snowfall before. Also, when you are not a kind leader and you've talked about people from decades during these recessions, people are going to find ways to attack you and destroy your credibility. So in a recession, a lot of these quote unquote Ponzi's um, and illicit schemes get brought to light. 
the timing of it was impeccable on Hindenburg's um, timeline. And then, of course, what happened in India, what they reported, they've been on a good streak of calling these out. Just be careful, man. Yeah. Just be careful. It's a lot of money. Yes, a lot of money. A whole lot of money. So a commercial real estate collapse seems to be brewing. What can we do to prepare and take advantage of this change in this sector? The thing that caught me up, like 20% office vacancy rates. Now, of course, when I go to New York, it was there last week, beautiful city. The energy is always amazing. Mm-hmm. But when I'm I'm midtown going on fifth, I'm, I'm not seeing anyone in office. So to have 20% vacancy rates in the United States is insane. Um, if you're currently invested in there, you, you may have more. I think the real number, maybe, and I don't want to come on and be sensational, but yeah. I think it's a lot higher. Because if it's 20% in New York, mm-hmm. what is it in Indianapolis or Jacksonville? Like, another person told me to off the record, he's like, please don't mention my name, but McCormick Place in Chicago, where they have the big conventions. Mm-hmm. He said they haven't filled up a convention since 2019. So even before COVID hit, they could, like, the last time an event was at max capacity was 2018. That's scary. Yeah. That's a huge, that's the, right by a soldier field. Yeah. So if you're not having these commercial spaces being filled up and now money's getting tight, even like I always say, I go to the Galleria, it's drier than I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting. Even Hudson Yards, that traffic is down. Like once the offices are closed and everyone's leaving, I think it may be as high as maybe 30%, but no one wants to say it. All those things that you just said are the reason why when the Fed looks at it, they're like, this is working. (laughs) True. Right. So they're looking at it like, perfect. For every reason you just said, right, people are not in in stores, which means they're not spending money. Yep. Prices are going up. Things are slowing down. I don't see people consuming prices indexes. Every sign that you just said is like, all right, perfect. This is working. It's working. This is what we need. But the reverse effect or the inverse effect is that Right. If people are in those buildings, yeah, those businesses are liable, especially if the malls, those businesses Under. are gonna be obsolete. Yeah. They won't need them. You take that into account and you add into AI, factor into it, like in five to ten years, what does that look like? I mean, I was looking at some stores that are bound to close up. Of course, Bed Bath and Beyond's already on the way. Here. GameStop is on its last leg. Like we're seeing a lot of companies that are beginning to close up or make preparations to do so um and that's an indicator that i always look at before the 2020 crash when the toys r us right by my house closed up i was like oh mm-hmm. this is not good and to see these companies continue to fall apart that were like were major staples in not only like the sector but in the country yeah. that's really scary yeah, like yeah. walmart's consolidating and closing in chicago like Exactly. They they close down four stores, right? But that means there's four stores of people who don't have a job, mm-hmm. which helps the unemployment rate go up. Yep. Which is again a, a factor that, that you need. need. Yep. That sucks. They put all this quantitative easing out and then want to destroy the employment of people off of an issue that they cause from the quantitative easing. Yeah, and it's I mean that's why we kind of stress it. Like everybody needs to have or learn a skill. Yeah, you have to right because if you have a skill and you that you create just you put yourself in an asset class that you almost have something of our advantage that somebody else doesn't have right you can create for yourself you can create for others if you're just working for somebody things like this are going to affect you yeah. right and it might affect you individually or it might affect like your family or your community but 
the federal government is looking at it like, yo, this it's is what's needed. It's, it's what's needed for us to to proceed. Yeah. yeah, and GDP is slowing down. Like it's scary. Yeah, yeah. And the biggest innovation we've had is what Bitcoin and Tesla the last 10, 15 years. Like I don't see a whole bunch of outside of AI. And it's really going to be like two or three players that win there. Mm -hmm. There isn't like enough companies that are producing enough GDP for the United States of America. But if you come to Invest Fest and Market Mondays Live, maybe you will be the one that makes a change and we can connect you to 816Z or Y Combinator to help you get funded. That's that could lead the future. That's good. This guy's good. You know, I love media training. This guy's <laughs> future proof yourself if yes. you are not at these events. Yes. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But yeah, I think that um, commercial real estate definitely has to change. The office space will never be the same again. doesn't make sense for people to go into the office mm -hmm. as they used to. So, you know, I, I think commercial real estate, I think, you know, um, it's going to, you know, more warehouses for shipping, yeah. drop shipping, like mm -hmm. Amazon, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, storage. Um, semis, semis, yeah, different things like that being used. Um, it has to, it has to be physically, even like Bitcoin mining centers, stuff mm -hmm. like that. These, mm -hmm. these are things that you know, in the new, in the new age of commercial real estate, is not just going to be just people sitting behind desk. There might not be anybody in there at all. Just a whole landscape of computers that's working off of AI. Yeah, that's you know trading stocks like yeah and they need somewhere to actually be housed and at a cool temperature did you see the, the chat gpt yeah it, it outperformed oh yeah 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 uh, it's past uh, the bar and now it's outperforming indexing everyone keep asking are you worried i'm like no that only brings my value up i hope i hope a one day chat gpt gets like 30 percent return yeah so i can be like hey great because what we need because even in the banking and investment space most people who are there are not good. They a lot of them learn the game of how to work their way into the empire, mm -hmm. but don't necessarily have the skill set. So I would love to see uh, some of these get disrupted. Like we're we're in a massive change um, over the next five or ten years, and I'm excited to see it. I really am. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been real. It's yeah. been great. It's been another eventful market Mondays. Get your tickets. Yes, to London. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia, we will be uh, in your area this weekend. Yes. Mary J. Blige. Shout out to the queen, Mary J. Blige. How you bury the lead? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah. We on our way. Shout out to the whole Strength of a Woman conference. Uh, so, Mary, uh, they invited us to come sit down with the queen. That's dope. Talk about great questioning. She has some things she wants to talk about. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, we are, we are gracious enough to facilitate that conversation. We well, will be having it. a live conversation with Mary J. Blige on Friday. Friday? Saturday. On Saturday. Um, legend. Yeah. Jerry. Performing on Friday. Josie. Got, got Josie coming. That's going to be Friday. Yo, take a video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom going to go yeah, crazy. Josie's going to be performing. Yeah. That's Friday night. And then uh, Saturday night, there's going to be another performance. Uh, I think it's Summer Walker. Lauren Hill's going to be performing. It's, if you're, I mean, if you're from that era, if you just like good music, this is it's going to be dope. Yeah. The, the the conference is, is going to be amazing. Where's it going to be? It's in Atlanta, Georgia, this weekend. And shout out to the Atlanta Dream. Yes. WNBA team. We'll yes. be talking to them as well um, this weekend. 
giving them some advice, some some gems. So uh, shout out to the WNBA. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, it's one of these things that um, you can't stop the rain. <laughs> <laughs> In the words of Shaq. Uh-oh. Rain with an E. Yes, E-I-G-N. Your rain on the top was short like leprechauns. All called Willie's Japs and Captain Dog. We were talking about earlier, that Biggie rapping that New York State of Mind. No. Tough. Well, it's funny you brought New York State of Mind because when you did that verse, he was talking to Nas. Really? Yeah, they said I, it in the documentary. And that's when Nas said, uh, let me let y'all know one thing. It's one life, one love, so there can only be one king. But he was talking more to Jay. He was talking. He was talking. Yes, less the minimum. Yes, less the minimum. Yes, just had put out dead presidents with mm, GS in it. And then, then, that's if he he talked to both of them on that song. But he said, "Let me let you know one thing: it's one life, one love, so they can only be one." Because because Big said he's the king of New York. Yeah. So they said they put him on the cover of the source with the. So he said they could only be one king. Shout out to Jay. Shout out to Nas. Rest in peace to Biggie Smalls. That was a great era of hip hop. Artificial intelligence is trying to bring Taking Big back. Day. 25 years later, they trying to bring the boy back. Yeah. Rapping over a Timberland beat. That's crazy. Fine. Oh, Sony and uh, UMG, I posted about it. They're going to be in a big battle over who owns the software. Um, somebody had told me that they're trying to have a entire sub-label of just AI artists in the next three years. Oh. Shout out to Fat Joe. I was watching Fat Joe. We need to get him on Market Mondays, actually. Absolutely. I was watching Fat Joe's live with my brother, Chris Gotti. Fire. Those are both our guys. Um, so they were talking about, he was saying when Ringtone first came out. Okay. And he was like, um, when he 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 saw Ludacris in the office and Ludacris was popping champagne, like, yo, I just got a $2 million check for, for Ringtone. He's like, what is Ringtone? He explained to him what Ringtones was. So he was like, when he went to the um, office, they was like, yo, Joe, we just need you to sign these these papers real quick. And he was like, sign, I don't sign nothing without my lawyer. Huh? Remember who told him to sign them? Was it Craig Cowman? <laughs> Uh, he's like, yo, I just need you to sign Salty these papers bird. real quick. He's like, yo, I don't sign nothing without my lawyer. Why would you even advise me to do that? And then he was like, no, no, don't worry about it. And then he was like, he started reading the papers. And long story short, the paperwork was to say that the record labels have full ownership over ringtones. Mm. And he was like, I'm not signing this. And he cursed them out, the whole thing. <laughs> and then he was like, um, Lior Cohn came and was like, yo, Joe, we need you to sign it. He's like, I just came back from a, a meeting with all of my rivals in the music industry, and we agree that we own the rights to the ringtones. He was like, I'm not signing it. Mm-hmm. Long story short, they ended up paying him for it. And he, and he, but he was saying that they were trying to get him to sign his rights to the ringtone. So he was saying that. So I'm going to tie this all in because it's actually a pretty good story. So Chris Gotti was saying that him and Irv Gotti, his brother, when Napster first started, yeah. they had a meeting with um, the head Doug of Doug Morris. Yep. And Doug Morris was like, yo, we, we met with the FBI and we asked them if they can if they can do anything about this. And the FBI was like, there's no way we can stop this. Because yeah. as soon as they, they shut down one page, another one pops up. 99 pop up. Yeah. So he's like, yo, there's nothing to stop it. So Fat Joe told that story about ringtones and was like, look, the reason why I'm telling you that story is because they're in on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like, if they telling you that they can't stop it, they're in on they it. already have a plan or they already are Absolutely. in on it. Like, so now you're like, oh, the record labels, because Chris was saying like, oh, the record labels can't stop AI. He was like, 
they're in on, on it because his thing was like and, funding, yeah. and the scenario was like when Napster was like we shut down one ten are gonna come after that with AI is like you shut down one there'll be a hundred thousand that come mm -hmm. there's no way to keep up with it but the interesting part of this is like had he not walked in the room and saw Luda celebrating he, he wouldn't have known he wouldn't have known he would have never known That's the crazy part <laughs> I was watching an interview too uh, at Berkshire Glenn Close the famed actress she was like even now when she goes in to record her voiceover segments there's cameras all around 360 to get every facial expression mm. but she was like i don't know where those works are going and when they'll use them so even if they don't replicate her if they put her facial expressions and she's able to act well onto someone younger or a cartoon yeah. how would she know that that's actually her facial expression so like these digital rights are really key and a lot of artists are going to get taken advantage of a lot over the next 10 years I mean, like i said because it, it won't be an american issue it'll be a global issue yeah try to good luck having a global decision on an issue like that good luck that's tough oh. <laughs> get your tickets to invest fest and learn about ai learn about chat gbt yes learn about the future and be in the room with some of the brightest minds and some of the richest people in the world yes yeah literally that's right three billionaires and counting there's only there's but, only there's not a lot of billionaires in the world. No. Like twelve hundred, I think. No, three thousand. Three thousand. Yeah, after inflation. All right. So if you look at yeah. three thousand compared to eight, eight billion, billion billion people, yeah. it's not a, it's not a lot. Uh, yeah, it's not. There's more people like we know high schools that have that that many people. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yes, sir. That's for the long term. Two tattoo next one stress. Before we go, before we go, we'd be remiss, and I'm I'm gonna just take it full advantage of this right now to wish every female in the world a happy Mother's Day. Yes. Shout out to my mom and my wife. Obviously, uh, mothers of your children and, and uh, yes. your mothers as well. Shout out to them. Um, I was watching the Pox Dear Mama special. Oh, yeah, yeah. On, on Hulu, man, a great, a great documentary. But just the power of a woman and what they mean to our lives and what they mean to our community, especially our communities uh, and our households. Mm -hmm. Insurmountable, man. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers of the world. Love is love. This boy good. We got to learn from him. You see, I put the, all the women in our lives, even the mothers of the church. Hey, Melissa, I appreciate you. Thank you for being a great mom to Xander. Shout out to my mom. Show love to every. I'm learning. Diplomatic community. Love, love, the more love, love, love you love, give. Love, you can't love. end up like Franklin. Just Franklin talk crazy at the end, end up saying? a bum. You see that? <laughs> gotta be kind. <laughs> gotta be kind to That's go with it. Happy Mother's Day to everybody yes. all over the world. Send the bouquets now. Order. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Check out Earn Your Legion tomorrow. Yes. More bombs, pond, head top, soon come. See, he's working on his patois. I see. <laughs> and uh, Miami, it's always it's always fun. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I miss Mexico. This holding me over right now, though. <laughs> Boy. Always a pleasure. Yeah. It's been real, ladies and gentlemen. Tap in. Love is love. Stay clear. Invest for the long term and have fun. And yes, limit your daily academics <laughs> viewing, please. Please. Yes. Please. Please. All right, y'all. Be good to each other. Peace. Peace. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.